Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Our gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 40. And the word says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. May God bless our reading of these holy scriptures. Amen. I didn't go to summer camp every year as a kid. But for two summers, my parents agreed to let me go to Camp of the Rising Sun in French Camp, Mississippi, a town so small that even I, a Mississippi native, had to Google this week to make sure that I am remembering right that it actually exists. It does, and as of 2010, its population was 174. I have many fond memories of Camp of the Rising Sun. It was a true camp experience with air-conditionless cabins, horseback riding, canoeing, leatherwork and archery courses, among many others. I went for two-week sessions on two separate summers. The second year I went, I was surprised at one of my favorite events each day. After a long morning outdoors and a mediocre cafeteria lunch before quiet hour, we'd be divided into small groups for story time. My group would sit on the pier with the lake at our backs with this little wooden building we called the Snack Shack just ahead in front of us. And over the course of two weeks, our camp counselor told us the story of the life of Joseph. And I was riveted. Just a group of kids sitting on a dock, listening to one person tell a story. No TV screen, no photos, no music, no visual aids or anything like that at all. I don't know whether to chalk it up to the giftedness of that storyteller or to the twists and turns and multiple emotional outbursts of Joseph's story, but I was just fully immersed in the life of Joseph. I was eager each day to hear what came next in Joseph's saga. Now, I know I'm not the first to have Joseph's story in Genesis engage my imagination. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a whole musical in the 1970s about him, Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. In 2000, DreamWorks released Joseph, King of Dreams. The plot itself is, of course, really great storytelling. There's my, there's my picture I was waiting for. But something more is there, something that we connect with emotionally that perhaps even inspired us. Some of you may recognize that rendition of Joseph. It's Donny Osmond from the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And so we start with this guy, Joseph, naive, ego as loud as his rainbow coat, favorite son of his father Jacob. 
Jacob's the one who was a lifelong trickster. He tricked his twin brother Esau out of his inheritance. He tricked his dad Abraham into thinking he was Esau, and this was a big deal because Esau was the oldest, and by tradition, um, the father would give the greatest blessing to the oldest son. When he was grown, Jacob tricked his father-in-law Laban into giving him the best of his flocks. Jacob does get a taste of his own medicine, though, when Laban tricks Jacob into marrying his older daughter Leah instead of Rachel. Laban got 14 years of free labor out of that deal with Jacob. So really, who needs soap operas when you can just read the book of Genesis? And back to Joseph. Joseph is the only son of Jacob's beloved Rachel, and there is no denying the favoritism. He's that obnoxious little brother who enjoys the best of everything, but can't be bothered to lift a finger to help out on the farm. We've all known this person, haven't we? Plenty of pride and pomp, but no maturity or experience to back it up. And he also doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. When he dreams that his sheaf of wheat, which represents him, is standing tall and all of his brother's sheaves of wheat are bowing down to him, rather than keep that to himself, he tells his brothers all about it, just fueling their jealousy, their rage. So he is prancing and preening like a hot pink flamingo in his fancy bright coat that his dad gave him. Now remember, you couldn't just order a coat on Amazon or pick it up downtown. The fabric had to be made by hand. The threads made by hand. Soaked in dyes made by hand. This was an incredibly extravagant gift. Now I can see why a hot pink flamingo is not the obvious thing to compare Joseph to. Usually we say someone is proud as a peacock. It's the more typical bird that we compare proud folk to. But I say flamingo for a reason. Flamingos are hot pink if and only if they are thriving. And up until this moment, Joseph was thriving. But then life happens as it always does, right? Joseph's big brothers, the ones who were supposed to be his protectors, teachers, and examples, betray him in a way that could not be worse. They leave him to die, and they decide to sell him as a slave instead. Some of us can't fathom that kind of betrayal or other harm from a loved one. Some of you don't have to imagine it because you remember it. You lived it, and I am so sorry. Lindsay Girk is a creator on TikTok who films funny videos about parenting. But I saw something a while back that gave me pause, and I thought of her again when I was rereading Joseph's story this week. Lindsay says that flamingos, both male and female, will often lose every bit of their color when they're raising their chicks, because they give so much of themselves to keeping their little ones alive. And that's why I call Joseph a flamingo instead of a peacock. He lost his color, literally and figuratively. Both his high position and his coat have been stolen and discarded. Have you had a season where you lost all of your color? Maybe it was from caregiving of a little one, a parent, or another very sick family member. Maybe it was your own mental and physical health that kept you feeling like you were barely, just barely keeping your head above water. Maybe there have been times, or maybe now is such a time, when just getting through each day at work takes more than you feel like you have. Kendra Adachi is a writer. She writes specifically to people who are struggling to get through each day, and she has rules and guidelines that, uh, that help us remember 
And there's one that she says, live in your season. Often the season you are in right now feels like forever, doesn't it? It can feel pointless. It can feel um, unbearable. But Kendra reminds us that every season is just that. Life is always changing. We are always changing. And we can choose to accept our limitations and open our eyes and our hands for God to show us what God has for us in these seasons. Now, Joseph's not spinning around in a fancy coat anymore. He's a slave in Potiphar's house. Does he wonder if his brothers ever think of him or if his father has forgotten him? Maybe he still has some of that old swagger, or maybe he learned a thing or two about managing an estate when he followed his dad around. However it happens, Joseph is promoted there. He develops his skills as a manager. He proves himself a faithful steward of his master's property. He has every right to wallow or rebel, and maybe he does for a time. But Joseph chooses to live his season faithfully. He doesn't know what his future will be. He doesn't know if his situation is temporary. He has no idea what God could be preparing him for, but he doesn't give up. He's living a life of character, and those around him take note. We are called to live a life of character in each season, easy or hard, long or short. As the writer of 1 Corinthians says, keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions, give it all you've got, be resolute, and love without stopping. Unfortunately for Joseph, things get worse before they get better. Joseph is accused of trying to bed Potiphar's wife, and he's thrown in prison. You can't convince me that Joseph didn't despair, at least for a little while during this time. But he manages to live this season well, too. He ends up the manager of the prison. And I think it must have been nice to be a manager above Joseph, because he does all of the work, and then you get all of the credit and all of the pay. If they were flamingos, they'd be hot pink while Joseph stayed ghostly white, all of his energy going toward the success of someone else. But meanwhile, Joseph is steadily growing in knowledge and skill. Joseph has a gift, something for which he can take no credit, and he says so. He's an interpreter of dreams. When God wants to say something through a dream, God uses Joseph to make it clear. Joseph interprets the dreams of some prisoners on the condition that they tell their master, Pharaoh, about his skills and gift. But he is forgotten. Until he isn't, two years later, Pharaoh has a dream and the cupbearer remembers this guy, Joseph, who he's left rotting in a cell. Have you ever stood someone up for coffee or lunch? Have you ever forgotten someone's birthday? There's not much that makes my insides curl up like forgetting a commitment to someone. Can you imagine forgetting to get someone freed from prison for two whole years? I think we can officially say that Mr. Cupbearer is a bad friend. At any rate, the threads of Joseph's life, his suffering, and all of the skills and character he's gained come together with his spiritual gift of interpretation. He's not only given great wealth and power, but he has the opportunity to make sure that many vulnerable people make it through seven years of famine. What if Joseph's story ended here? Great success. If you count success as wealth and power, and that is one way you can do it. When he's overseeing the storage of grain for the famine, God helped him predict. Does he know that he's saving the lives of his own family? When he was serving in Potiphar's house or managing the prison, did he know he was moving towards something much better? 
Or was he following the law of God expressed much later in the Apostle Peter's letter to the church? Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. As a pastor, I feel it's always my responsibility to remind us all that there's a difference between holding evil accountable or between holding healthy boundaries and repaying evil for evil. Joseph chose to be a blessing, even when he was in positions where those he blessed did not deserve it. His owner as a slave, later his jailer. That must have been difficult. And maybe extending mercy was the most important skill that Joseph could have practiced because you can have all the power, all of the wealth, and all of the comfort in the world without finding healing from the deep wounds or relief from the heaviest burdens from our past. Joseph has power, but his ultimate need is peace. I encourage you to read Genesis chapters 42 through 45 one day this week. It is so full of anguish and loud weeping. When his brothers show up to petition the governor of the land for grain, you see, Egypt had so much in its storage that it could be given to the hungry during the years of famine. They came to ask the governor for some benevolence, but they don't know the governor is their brother. They don't know this man who's been renamed with an Egyptian name, who's decked out like an Egyptian, who can understand all of their conversation. He can hear them talking about their regret, their love for their father, Joseph. Joseph doesn't have to help these men, but he does choose to do so. And he also does some trickery to buy himself some time to work through his feelings and decide how he wants to proceed. Ultimately, we do see reconciliation and celebration and reunification. Joseph chooses the way of love. The philosopher and monk Thich Nhat Hanh says that the ones who cause suffering must also become the objects of your love. They are the product of an unstable society, and they need our help. Joseph's brothers made a horrible choice, blinded by their rage, fueled by hurt and rejection of their father. They've come to the state of Egypt to ask for help in an unstable society. The story of Joseph could have easily been a revenge story, the story of a brother who lets the ones who've hurt him most slowly starve to death, knowing that he has the resources to save them. But he doesn't. I don't know all of your seasons right now, but my prayer for you today is that you find enough strength and joy to live your season faithfully. That when you think your dreams are lost, you'll be able to hold out hope that they are being replaced or refined. That though life sometimes takes away, it does not mean that God has left us empty-handed. Thanks be to God for this grace-filled truth. God, we are thankful that your spirit is always near, always teaching us through the stories in scripture, through your spirit, through the stories and people all around us. God, we ask that you will help us grow more deeply rooted in our faith, that we may stand strong as we live our seasons. May we remember that you are faithful and you walk through them with us. Amen. Hello, thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable.
Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparagold.org. May God bless you this week.